joining us today is Ronnie Hart. Ronnie is a New York City-based stylist who works across the editorial, runway, and celebrity spaces. He has worked at publications like CR Fashion Book and styled some of your favorite pop stars, including Anita and Troy Sivan for his Angel Baby music video. On today's episode, Ronnie and I talk about all things styling. He walks us through his career and some of his favorite moments, explains the differences between editorial and celebrity styling, and tells us about why he thinks it's important to still cut your teeth and train as an intern or assistant before going at it on your own. Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to Biased. Today's guest is Icon Legend star, stylist Ronnie. What's up? How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, I'm very happy to have you. So tell us, who are you? What's your story? What does Ronnie do? <laughs> so I'm a stylist. I've been living in New York for almost 10 years now. I came here to go to school at Parsons. And then I kind of just like stumbled into fashion. I always knew I wanted to work in fashion, but I didn't really know like in what capacity. And so I was studying communication design at Parsons. And then I just was like looking for work at the same time or like internships just to like get my foot in the door anywhere. So I mm -hmm. like found a random Craigslist ad for like a styling assistant internship. And I was like, what's that? I literally had no idea. Like I, I knew what stylist, like I knew about Grace Coddington and people like that. And like, you know, these like yeah. legends, but I had no idea about like the capacity at which the work entails. So I was just mm -hmm. like, fuck it, let's see. So I went and it was like a fish to water and it did really well. I was this commercial stylist named Gus Romero, but he had a lot of Neiman Marcus jobs. So it was actually like a really uh -huh. cool experience. Like my first like years two of working in fashion we used to go to like all these crazy places like um where did we go we went to puerto rico we went to the hamptons all the time and like for me coming from california i'm from california I'm from la uh, like a suburb of la but like having never left the country or anything like that it was like a huge awakening and so from there that kind of like plateaued and i kind of like got what i could from that and then i went to intern at v magazine fun yeah it was good it was a good experience that was like a lot more of like the fashion i wanted to get into because i was really mm -hmm. more so like being around like very strict commercial fashion and like marketing guidelines so it was nice to be in an editorial environment and then from there i went to cr fashion book for an internship and then that is kind of where everything started for me um I was like very much like in the mix there, volunteering for like every shoot, staying really late, like the old school way of getting your foot yeah. in the door that doesn't really exist anymore because everyone thinks they're a stylist. But we could have that conversation in a minute <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, but it was a lot of like blood, sweat, and tears. And then they needed a new like um, the sittings assistant, basically. But it was like um, Corrine's second assistant. And so they asked if oh, I wanted to cool. join. And I still had a like a semester left at Parsons. But I just I dropped out and I went. So yeah, and then I was nice. at CR for five years. Um, and it was a great, really great experience. I don't know. And then that kind of just like, you know, opened my eyes to everything and like really taught me like my core values of like work ethics and like, you know, the way I interact with professionals and this whole business. And then, yeah, the pandemic happened and then they kind of had to like far, for, forgo like all their full-time employees. And it was kind of like mm -hmm. being, it was like the push out of the nest that I really needed. And so I went freelance from there on my own and it's just been kind of like snowballing ever since. So yeah. Now I'm just completely on my own, doing my own thing, working with my own clients, just trying to do it. And serving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's a very cool story. I mean, tell me a little bit about that decision of, you know, just leaving Parsons, fuck it, let's figure this out, and just going for the for this job. Yeah. So I come from like a lower income family and, you know, going to school in New York was like never really an option in anyone's head mm -hmm. when, like when I was growing up and going to school. But I just, I don't know. I just had a feeling that I had to go and then I had to like find a way to allow my parents to let me go. And I was like very much into art growing up. And like, I took a lot of drawing and painting classes as a child. And so it's just like always applying those skills into other forms of like, not lucrative, but like normal people work, you know what I mean? Like, you know, acceptable yeah. work to like, you know, an immigrant mm -hmm. family who just wants their kid to like make money and succeed. Yeah, for sure. So I, I found my way to Parsons and I got in there 
And I just, I knew I didn't want to necessarily be a fashion designer. So like, I was like, what can I use? Like, how can I apply the skills that I have into something there? And so communication design is basically just graphic design there, um, which I was like fine at, but I just kind of knew the whole time that like, this is kind of a placeholder until I find the thing that I'm supposed to do. This is kind of just like letting me get to New York. And so as soon as like the opportunity to be like full-time anything in any kind of fashion capacity that I respected, I was just ready to, you know, I didn't, I didn't think twice about it really. It was kind of like, I got the email or the call or whatever. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's go. Period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I just knew as much as like, I loved the experience of Parsons and I like, you know, learned a lot. It was, it wasn't serving what I wanted out of like my professional career. It was, it was great lessons mm-hmm. in terms of like deadlines and things like that. But it just I just knew that this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And so I just like went off my gut and just did it. I don't know. So yeah, it was scary. It was super scary. But yeah. Yeah. I very much love that because I've kind of going through something similar right now with like my actual big girl like day job basically. Mm-hmm. You know, I work as a designer and I'm kinda of like, okay, this is fun. You know, this is the job that allowed me to move to New York after I finished college. This is a job that gave me my visa. This is a job that like put me here in a sense. Yeah, But at the same time, I'm also kind of like, this isn't the fantasy that I was expecting. Or like, this isn't exactly what I thought. Is it, It's not giving what I thought I was going to give, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not putting me, it's not putting me in the path that I maybe hoped for or expected. So now I'm kind of like, okay, like, then what is it? You know, like, what is yeah. it? Exactly. So I'm very much kind of like in those sort of like, I guess, growing pains of like, okay, this, this has been fun, but I need something else. But you've done some pretty cool projects over the last couple of months, I want to say. Um, Thank you. Tell me a little bit about those highlights. I mean, what are those projects that you that over the last couple of months, over the last year, maybe, you're like, okay, wow, this was sickening. This feels like I made it moment. And <laughs> tell me a little bit about those because you yeah. you've done pretty cool things. So I'm just now in a place where I'm like comfortable sharing the fact that I feel that I'm like very much good at what I do. You know what I mean? Like You're I'm, sickening, period. <laughs> but like, I, I'm very emotional about like how I approach this whole process. Cause to me, it's like, it is my art form and it is so like precious mm-hmm. to me. And I really think that like the pandemic made me kind of like look really inward and like have a lot of breakthroughs and just like try to always nurture this inner child that lives within all of us and that some of us choose to listen to and some choose not to. And so I think this last year, especially, I really kind of decided to just like nurture this inner child within myself and kind of like push myself to do things that made me uncomfortable or push myself to do things that maybe weren't necessarily aligned with like what I necessarily thought was going to be happening at this stage of my life and career. But it all kind of led up to like the now, which is like this really great moment in my career where like everything's taking off and everything's kind of happening. So I have always kind of like worked in this editorial capacity, especially at CR with like celebrities and like trying Mm -hmm. to kind of transforming them into like, you know, a more editorial and elevated version of themselves. And it was just like something that I was good at. It's not necessarily anything that I was like seeking, like to be necessarily like a celebrity driven stylist. And I really like tried to push that away for a long time. But I feel like this last few months have really like been a good happy place of where I'm able to do the editorial things and then also like maintain the celebrity styling culture that just kind of like makes the world go round at the end of the day you know because it's like yeah as much as we all hate to admit it you know when Anna started putting celebrity on covers it kind of changed everything and it's like mm-hmm. you know it all intertwined back to fashion like whether you're a celebrity or you're a musician or blah 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 it's like you know it goes hand in hand so as much as like we all want to be like the cool like alternative indie artist it's like you know we have to pay the bills and we have to get the exposure we need to like get to the place where we feel more comfortable and like more at peace with like the more unique decisions that we're making. So all that to say, (laughs) sorry, all that to say, um, yeah, the (laughs) last year has been really good. It's been a lot of good editorials, a lot of good, like almost not odd jobs, but like things coming out of the blue that I never would have expected. Like I think what was it? The I did uh, Troy Sivan's music video for Angel Baby. I was just about to say, yeah, that was hot. 
that was hot. That was cool. You know, they wanted this like really 90s feel. And I was like, say less. Right. <laughs> Luke Guilford directed it. And it was just like a good vibe. You know, it was easy. And like, for me growing up, I'm going to be 30 this year. So I was born in 92. And I grew up kind of like watching TRL music videos and like being obsessed with pop culture in that way. So every mm-hmm. time I do something with a celebrity, I always kind of just like think like, is this image or like still of a video going to live on forever? Or is it going to be something that like is forgotten about in like, you know, a few months because who cares? Yeah. And I always kind of try to make something timeless, even if it happens to be like on the pulse of whatever's happening right now. Mm-hmm. So I think like I succeeded at that with Troy's video because it was kind of like a, you know, an echo of like this Janet Jackson 90s, like black and white era energy, but then this like modern gay, like depiction that was so exciting. And, you know, it was like YSL by Tom Ford tops and like vintage helmet Mm -hmm. Lang mixed with like, you know, Peter, Peter do and Peter Doe and um, doing a mishmash of everything that kind of like stands the test of time. So yeah, that was something that was really cool. The last, what was that? Like last fall, last summer? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and that song is going viral on TikTok right now. I know. I just heard about that, actually. <laughs> um, I was with another artist who is also managed <laughs> by the same people as Troy, and they were telling me about it and like how it's like having a resurgence. And I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a whole works. other conversation is TikTok changing everything as well. <laughs> <laughs> but then another thing in the last year I'm really proud of is like my work with Sintra, mm-hmm. St. Sintra. So she's this emerging designer. She went to Parsons as well, actually. I didn't know her. She's younger than me. But um, I just became a fan of her work because she just had like a similar like aesthetic that I was also exploring, you know, this like yeah. Galliano-esque, like kooky corsets, like disheveled, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And so we just started talking and I kept pulling her stuff. and then she was having her debut runway collection and I was just like do you have a stylist and she was like no and you know I wanted to ask you I don't want to be weird I think she thought I was like gonna be like no way dweeb but I was very much like oh my god we have to do this yeah and it just it it took off and it was like you know it, it we meshed really well I think like I bring a lot of like perspective to her that she you know because mm-hmm. i'm sure you know as a fashion designer you get in your head and you becomes tunnel vision and it's like you're focusing on creating yes, the white much. skirt you're getting, that mm-hmm. it just isn't working and it's not happening and then before you know it it's like the show and you're still have nothing ready and it's like i think yeah, it bring a good for sure. a good <laughs> i think it bring a good uh balance of like logistics and creativity to her workflow that helps her kind of like execute her vision at an elevated level. And so, yeah, it's been a great partnership. We've done two runway shows so far and it's just going to keep going. And she's, yeah, I really believe in her. I really believe in like creativity like that, especially in America where it's like, you know, I think, I think like we can all kind of agree that like American fashion has been lacking in the recent years. There's been some really exciting moments, but like, I feel like we as an industry don't nurture the young talent that we should to be creating these superstars like the McQueens and the Galliano you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it's like I really believe in her and I really want to just help nurture that like creativity and I think you know I think it's up to our elders and like you know the higher ups to also be doing that because you know, what is fashion if it's not exciting and fun and boundary pushing and like challenging us? So that's another thing that happened this last year that I'm super proud of. I love that. And I love Sintra and I love those shows. Yeah. Those shows were so good. The styling was sickening. Thank you. I strongly believe in her as well. And just like the vision that she has and that like you guys have put together for both of the shows, like even a- after each show, because I, 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 I did go to both. The girls are, you know, all the editorial girls are like, oh, that was, that was really good styling. And I'm like, period. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I know exactly who did that. So no, I mean, it's been really fantastic to see. And I agree. I think, you know, you look at London, you look at Fashion East and you're like, where's the version of that for New York? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you know, where's have, the Fashion East of New York? Like, literally, like, it's like, because it exists, you know what I mean? Like the people, the talent yeah. is here. It's just like, they're, they're not given the platform or, you know, the resources they need to like, 
you know, scream loud enough into the void that is mm-hmm. whatever this industry has become. And so it's like, you know, I, I really believe in, you know, there's this, um, there's this clip of Linda Evangelista on her way to Hervé Leger in the 90s. And she says she's being documented for something or like yeah. a camera's following her. And she's like, I, I always pick one young designer each season to walk for for free just to be supportive because I believe in them. You know what I mean? And it's like that mm-hmm. energy that. is like what we, I feel like, need now. I feel like there's tons of little brands all over Instagram and all over the internet. But like specifically in New York, which is supposed to be like the fashion capital, whatever, I just think like, there's so many small brands that just need help that are not getting the help they need to be like creating the waves that they want to create and like, mm-hmm. you know, the cultural impact that they could potentially be making. So yeah, I'm super excited about Centra and like a bunch of other designers right now, but Centra obviously personally to me means a lot. So yeah. I love that. No. And I, f- I fully agree. I mean, and that's, that's always been my thing too. I'm like, you know, there's like these editors, these models, these like big shot stylists, et cetera, that are just kind of like too busy doing their own. And I, and I mean, I get it too, you know, they're doing their own thing. They're, you know, chasing their own bag, et cetera. But it's also kind of like, you know, you used to see like the supermodels walk for these like small designers that are now like history, right? Like our true yeah. parts, like huge moments in history because they believed in them. And like, as you say, like we do need that energy. And I think it's really special to see you work with Centra and just be like, you know what, like, I believe in this, we can make this happen and just continuously deliver those moments. I've been seeing her being pulled a lot as well. I think I saw like one piece in like a Maggie Rogers video the other day. And I'm like, this is sickening. You know, I'm like, like, yeah, this is exactly what I want to see for you. And you know, it, it has a lot to do with what you do with her, which is like, you know, let's build out this vision. Let's make sure, you know, that it is because part of your job in a sense is to, you know, make, make this vision something that people can understand and pull apart or put together for their own styling, for editorial, for celebrity, for whatever it is, you know? So I think it's super important. Totally. But on kind of that note, I'd love to go a little bit into, because, you know, this is the first time I've had a stylist on the pod and the girls have been asking. The girls have definitely been asking because I think as you were saying, and we'll we'll get into this in a minute, right now there's so many quote-unquote stylists especially like, you know, through TikTok and all of that. And like, you know, go off. Everyone's a creative director. Everyone's a writer. Everyone's a stylist, you know, live your fantasy. But no one necessarily knows what the job is or like the differences, you know, of the job. You were talking earlier, you know, that there's a celebrity space, there's this editorial space, there's this runway space. And you are actually a really interesting stylist for me because you inhabit all of them. (laughs) And you do that very seamlessly. Like I... The way, you know, I I consume a lot of fashion, it's needless to say, but I obviously consume, I see all of your work and I see it across the board and it always sort of makes sense, you know, whether it's Sintra, whether it's a magazine, whether it's um, Anita, whether it's Troy, like it's just, it all comes together very seamlessly. And I think that's sort of the, why I really wanted to talk to you. So I love for you to give us like a little bit of insight into those key differences maybe between these different kinds of styling, but also where do they converge? Because at the end of the day, styling is, you know. Yeah. So I think, thank you, first of all, for all your kind words. Of course. I think for me personally, and I think this is like the backbone of the way I work or the foundation of like my work ethos is I, I just want the subject to be beautiful and to feel beautiful and I think that's something I learned from Kareen is if the person feels beautiful you're going to get a beautiful image or a beautiful video or a beautiful xyz and so Mm -hmm. I think that is like the thread throughout all my work is even the more experimental things that are you know probably not so experimental to some people but maybe experimental to the celebrity that I'm working with yeah I just want them to feel beautiful and maybe they're taking a risk or maybe they're like stepping out of their comfort zone. But if they look in the mirror and they're like, Oh shit, I look really good. Like that'll change the energy of the entire shoe. So I think that's really important to me. And that's something that always kind of like finds itself somehow in my work at any moment. The differences are a lot. It's a whole like shit show. (laughs) Um, So like, Coming, I come from an editorial space, you know, I like grew up in magazines, um, working, interning at magazines. So it's like, that is like a very political and like regimented, but also like free fall at all times. Like, at you know, if you think that any magazine ever knows like what's going on, they don't, you know what I mean? Because it's like, they 
are just like putting out fires and trying to book this next thing that they need before XYZ day before their printer gets pissed at mm-hmm. them and like says like, sorry, the magazine can't Where be, is it? you know? Yeah. So, you know, editorial at its core is a shit show, like just straight mm-hmm. up. And there's so many hurdles to jump through. There's so many cooks in the kitchen. There's so many people that you have to, appease whether it be advertisers or other editors that you're working with or the photographer you know what i mean there's just so many loops that yeah take you back to this place of being like what the fuck mm-hmm. but it serves this greater purpose to create like a you know a book of images basically is what a magazine is it's like a just to you know inspire people who are looking at it and have no idea like the work and the blood sweat and tears that went through it and so I think that's that's kind of like that's the fantasy. You know what I mean? Like that is like yeah. that is all of it is not real. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> like it's all just like in that moment, like no one wore that shoe like for longer than ten seconds it took to take the photo. No one was holding you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all just like made up. And I think mm-hmm. in a way that makes for like a really like submissive environment where it's like sometimes you just get so beat down right having to like think of all these logistics and like, you know, blah, 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 wants to move the shoot date and, oh, this dress isn't available, which is like the whole point of the shoot. And it's like, yeah. you know, I've been in situations where like I've, I've had to, I wanted to shoot the big silver Balenciaga gown mm-hmm. from whatever season that was when it was in the, the UN like set or yeah. whatever. Um, and they're like, it can't travel out of France. And I was like, okay, but it's like the point of the Not shoot. Not the customs. So <laughs> so I went to France to shoot the story instead because I was like, you don't understand. I have mm-hmm. to shoot that dress. That's the whole point of the story. Yeah. So things like that, you know what I mean? Like that, but at the end of the day, like you get to create some of the most like memorable or like iconic or just like resonating work that, you know, speaks to so many more people than just like the, five to however many hundred people that work at Condé that are creating that image. Yeah. So I think like magazines are are as it's a dying art, but it's a huge double-edged sword that I think is like so, so, so satisfying and like so, so, so difficult and like defeating because it's just, it's just so, there's so many like conflicting things going on at all times that it just, there's never peace. And if there is peace, then like something is wrong. Something's (laughs) off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Something didn't get done. Exactly. And so that's that. And then with celebrity, which can be in an editorial space or like you mentioned, Anita, like in a real world space, performance space, street style space, Mm -hmm. that is a whole other beast that is just like, if magazines or editorials are a double-edged sword, uh, celebrity fashion is like a grenade. Like, it's just like, you never know, like, when it's going off, you can't even hear it, you don't know what's happening. It's just like, it's, it's, it's like a war zone. And, you know, there's so many people that want the same look for their person. And it's like, there's mm-hmm. only so many, so many opportunities for certain things to happen. And there's, you know, there's like all these like slippery slopes of just logistical nightmares, you know what I mean? And like as similar yeah. to magazines, actually, uh, celebrities, I've met really organized ones, but the majority of them are hyper last minute, like, oh, we have this now, we have to do this now. So can you get this now? And it's like, uh, mm-hmm. no, I can't because like physically it's impossible. So yeah. that's, that's like where you have to be quick on your feet and just have like 30 different things that will fill the void of what the perfect thing is because more likely than not, it's not going to be exactly how you envisioned where you could, you know, take the time or go to Paris like I did to go shoot the Balenciaga dress. It's like, no, this needs to happen now and there's no other time for this to happen. So what do you have? And, you know, I think that in itself as a creative is like gut-wrenching, but also very you know, satisfying at at the same time, because it's like you're using all these other skills that you wouldn't necessarily be using in an editorial space to problem solve and, you know, make it work. Tim Gunn, make it work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shout out. At the end of the day, it's all messy. They're both messy. Everything's messy. Yeah. (laughs) And when it goes right, it's like euphoric. It's heaven. It is like Mm -hmm. God sent a sign and 
parted the seas for this one dress to get on this one person's body at this certain time for everyone to see. Period. Which is the best feeling. Do you happen to have a preference? Like, is there one that you're like, oh, like, this is what I enjoy the most? Or you're just kind of like, I just like living my fantasy and creating the best look? For me, I think like in a perfect world that we no longer live in, I would be like the editor in chief of a magazine where I can just like create like iconic images that stand the test of time. Because mm-hmm. I, I love the power of a photograph. I love the power of fashion in a photograph. And like for me, I do, I do this so passionately because like I was inspired as a little kid, like having a secret Vogue subscription come to my house and pretending it was my friend and receive it and just seeing (laughs) these images that are like, so just like beyond my realm of reality that push me to just want to create more. And I just hope that I, Mm -hmm. the things that I do can have that effect on some other little like gay Latino boy and God knows where, you know, yeah. And the short answer is editorial is my preference, like creating images in a magazine or for like a book or something is my preference, just because it better flows with my process and the way that I like think about creating a story. Everything I do is story driven, even even celebrity stuff is story driven. There's, there's like a crescendo, there's like a peak, there's a narrative that I'm trying to create that may be skewed by things that are not in my control. And like, that's part of the game. But yeah. I have the most time to create with an editorial usually. Mm -hmm. So that is my preference with celebrities. It's like more bang for your buck, obviously. And it's like millions of people get to see the thing that you're doing, but maybe it's not necessarily the thing that you want to be showing. So it's like that in itself is a whole conversation. And it's also just like, it's exhausting. You know what I mean? I don't know how I I can imagine. I have so much respect for pop stars and like people like Kim Kardashian who are just like being pulled 1400 different angles at all seconds mm-hmm. of the day and just trying to take over the world simultaneously and like be nice to people and like have a smile on their face and look hot. You know, it's just like, it's insane. The amount of yeah work and logistics and like mental gymnastics that is required to be uh, at that level. I love that you just said that because I think you know, there's there's so much conversation about celebrity style online, obviously, driven by people like myself, driven by the girls on Twitter, TikTok, anyone, you know, like if there's something that I always say this, but the Oscars turn everyone into a fashion critic, you know, like everyone loves to to talk about like a celebrity. And but then people forget that, like, you know, you're not looking at necessarily, you know, when you're looking at a magazine, you're looking at shit ton of people that put all of that together, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at a celebrity, sure, it's also a team, but you're you're looking at this one singular person that has to perform at all times just for you to have an image to consume yeah. in 10 seconds, right? You think of like yeah. a Zendaya and I'm like, can you imagine how exhausting it must be for her to know that every single person is analyzing everything she wears? And like, the amount of you know, and the way she wears it. Yeah. It's, it's really insane. insane to me. Again, Kim yeah. Kardashian. Yeah. Kim Kardashian, like, is I think is just another huge example where you're like, and that's why I kind of love her, like, not to go on a tangent, but to go on a tangent. That's why I kind of love, like, her ma- Like, half of my career <laughs> is just from working with her. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I, listen, I'm, like, and I was just going to say, like, her Met Gala look for me was, like, sickening because of that, you know? Because I'm like, you are such a recognizable image in itself. And I'm like, what happens when you take all of that away and make it like a shadow or whatever, a silhouette, you know, and it can be like, maybe it's not as cerebral as I'm trying to make it out to be, but I find that fascinating where you're just like, you know, the girls know you for these specific things that yeah. you consistently perform. Yeah. And now you put them in this space or you, you create a void out of them. I find, I, I was like, Oh, this is cool. You know? And like someone actually did think about this really hard. And yeah, I appreciate no, for that. Sure. They do. They really, I mean, I can speak a little bit like firsthand with her because my really good friend Danielle is her full-time stylist and I've worked with Kim many different times and you know, everything's sought out. Everything's planned out. There is not like a rock that's not turned over and as like willy nilly as it seems sometimes or like, what, what were you thinking? It's like, it was all part of a bigger plan. You know what I mean? It's like, it's Mm -hmm. all part of a, you know, like this huge grand scheme that like, a lot of people can't see or don't want to give her the respect to see. And it's that like, part, that part. 
Yeah, it's just like, you know, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get on a tangent either because I could do it for a while. But like, I just, I, <laughs> she is the nicest, hardest working, like, just, she's the best, like, she's the best to work with. And she just like has such a, you know, she created this space for herself. So she kind of is like, all right, this is what we're going to do. And this is what I'm, you know, I set myself up for this. So it's like, I have to be the best at this. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you do. You're right. Like you do have to like go this hard and like be this intense and like, you know, you got to keep giving it to us or else what else are you going to do? And period. (laughs) I love her. She is. I love, I love that. Yeah. I love it. I love it all. I love even things that are the redundant things. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like now Balenciaga is like a global celebrity driven company, which is not, it was not like two years ago, you know, it was like Mm -hmm. more niche, more intellectual. If you know, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's just like, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. The impact that she has. And no, absolutely. Literally. I'm just going to say this to close that loop. Cause you just put this on my mind, but I'm kind of like, you know, you think of a Balenciaga and when they started doing the whole thing with Kim and you know, you had already seen the foray into celebrity with, you know, putting Justin Bieber in the lookbook or, you know, a few, a few of these other people, but then they started going really hard with Kim and then the Megala happened. And then they did this show that was like the red carpet show. Right. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm like, this is, this is the fantasy. Like, this is what we're creating. I'm like, exactly. Like we're fully creating this thing where Balenciaga is now this brand. And for me, it's funny because, you know, maybe people like you and I look at these things so closely, but we're also, because of that, we're able to zoom out. Yeah. But not everyone does that. You know, a lot of people just kind of look at these moments like one-offs. So they become questionable where it's just kind of like, why would you do that? Makes no sense. And then, you know, there's like, you look a year back and you're like, oh, this is what you call a strategy. (laughs) You know, it's literally just literally, literally. Yeah. So I love, I I love that. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's wild. But you also just gave me the best um, seg with Kim, because I want to talk a little bit about developing a signature style, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's when it comes to you as a stylist, when it comes to you working with someone like, you know, when you're working with Troy, there's like a specific thing that he's trying to do. You know, when you're working with Anita, there's a specific thing that she's trying to do, et cetera, et cetera. How important slash how challenging has it been to sort of do that, to find these signatures within your work, but also working with someone else? Like in- inject my DNA into other people. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. It is, you know, it depends. It depends on like the person's reception to their idea of fashion. And it really has to kind of be like you either like you either the girls that get it, get it and the girls that don't, don't. So it's like, (laughs) it's that, that's like the main thing that changes the process. So I think like Mm -hmm. with Anita specifically, like the last two months, it's been like us getting to know each other and me kind of like, slowly but surely injecting like my idea of like what she looks like into reality and I think she's been super receptive and the thing about her is that she's just so passionate about everything and so excited about life and just like has all this like energy and sometimes it's hard to translate that into something that's consistent because she is just at like 100 at all times. And it's just like versions yeah. of me, her album that just came out, Ghost Dream Versions of Me, so I can keep working. Period, <laughs> please. She, she, she talks about having all these different personas inside of her that she wants to be. You know, maybe one day she's a businesswoman. One day she's like this crazy slut that just wants to be naked. And one day she's like this fashionista, mm-hmm. this chic woman. So that for me personally is like where the juggling act comes in where I'm like what the fuck who how do I make this all make sense but it's also exciting because it's kind of like a puzzle piece that I have that is like happening in real time but I would say just like in general like with her and I think in general with like any other person I work with I always just like I I don't I I don't know if this is PC or not but I'm just like I always just try to make it like super cunty like really like Mm -hmm. you know like that's the girl in the room and like there's no question about that. I think like that's it's Period. just like <laughs> you know, for me, I grew up obsessed with like my Zell and like that whole like mm-hmm. idea of glamour and like Linda Evangelista like in the head wraps or uh, the, the yes. plastic surgery shoot. You know what I mean? Like stuff like mm-hmm. that. Just like 
such intense glamour, such intense like bitchiness and like just like so cunty. It's just like that's that's what I try to make all my things kind of you know orbit around because of this idea of just being like the only girl in the room, like the only person that people are looking at is like how I want all the people I'm working with to feel like, even if they're not necessarily like wearing the loudest outfit, it's like, I want them to walk by and someone to be like, Whoa, what, what, what just happened? You know? So yeah, for me, I think it's just about a not necessarily like a look all the time. Cause I think things like I, my taste changes and like what I'm into changes or like, you know, what I'll put somebody in changes a lot. Necessarily, not necessarily like it's ever exactly the same. But I think there's always like a, a cinched waist and like, you know, accentuating yeah. the female form, just like a sleek, like energy about that, like a, like a Halston kind of energy. It was just like, you know, I'm the chef. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like, that's my aesthetic. Yeah. I don't really know how to put in the word. Just like, I'm that girl. No, but that's, I think you described it perfectly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I really think that you just, yeah. Like when I see your work for me, that's a common thread to be honest, like it's very much that energy, like Kunti, only girl in the room. I'm the shit. I'm the fantasy. And I see that when I look at any of your work, you know, and that's what I was telling you earlier. Like for me, it's really special to see you sort of inhabit all these different uh, spaces within styling, but to see the energy carry across, which is why I was so curious about this, about why I wanted to ask this question, because it's hard to be a creative and have a signature or have sort of a fantasy you have for yourself, but then work with slash for other people and find sort of that halfway point where you can satisfy their fantasy, but you can know that you haven't compromised yours. So I think you perfectly described it and it just makes (laughs) sense in my own personal fantasy as well. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard, yeah. Just hot, you know, just everyone should be Mm -hmm. hot at all times, no matter body type, no matter, you know, what kind of like makeup you have on, you should always feel hot. Even if it's like a, like an ugly chic look, like everyone should just feel hot at all times. Like it's just like, that's just the vibe. Everyone should just feel their best. Like everyone should put on clothes and it just like transform them into like, the hottest person in their mind, mm-hmm. even if it's like, you know, not necessarily like the skimpiest, sluttiest thing or like whatever. It's just like, that's the energy yeah. that I'm trying to carry throughout, like you said. So thank you for understanding that. No, of course. I see it. And I love, like, again, I just love that hot as an energy more so than like a specific piece of clothing. Or again, like, it's not about skimpiness. It's not necessarily about one specific singular thing visually, but about the feel. And I think. It really goes back to what you were saying earlier, like that thing you learned from Korean, where it's just kind of like, if the person feels good in the outfit, you'll get the best image. And that applies to your everyday as well. You know, like if you feel hot, there's nothing you can do. Exactly. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's, that's a T. Like if I feel, you know, if I'm going to like a scary, I've been going to a lot of these like dinners or events or a lot of things. I'm a very online person Mm -hmm. i exist behind my phone Mm. but now that i have been going to shows and going to things and becoming i guess more public i've been really relying a lot on feeling really good when it comes to an outfit like if i know i'm wearing something sickening then i know i can i can conquer or at least exist in this exactly exist in the space without feeling like i need to go cry in the bathroom for like two minutes you know (laughs) Um, so i think it's it's very important I mean, to similar to jump off that, actually, like, I think I'm sure you can uh, kind of align with me on this, like growing up, not in a fashion world or not like surrounded mm-hmm. by like, you know, very famous people all the time or like people you look up to and then, you know, being injected into this world and like being surrounded by like your icons and like, you know, talking to XYZ that you've looked up to for so many years, it's a very like imposter syndrome kind of a thing. And it's like, you know, sometimes oh, yeah. it's like the look that just helps you get there to feel more yourself, to feel like, no, 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 I got here for a reason. I'm in this space for a reason. Let me remind myself why I deserve to be here. And like, let me just be the best version of myself. Absolutely. It's literally like dressing for the job you want. Like, is that the saying? Um, yeah, yeah. It's for me, it's, it's a definition of that. Like I was joking about this on Instagram the other day, but I'm like, I grew up watching like, you know, I think a lot of the girls, like some of the girls put, like take their personality out of, you know, Devil Wears Prada or the girls take their personality out of, you know, what insert whatever show. For me, it was documentaries. You know, I'm like, I'm just watching 
Diana Vreeland, the eye travels. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be that oh person. <laughs> you know, like yeah, literally yeah, yeah. me picking and choosing like personalities out of documentaries. But I, then I think of like, what is it? Bury my ashes of Bergdorf's or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah I think yeah. that's the title. And I'm just like, I'm like watching, I've watched that documentary so many times. And then 10 years later, I'm just sitting at Bergdorf's at a dinner with Linda, Farr, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you, know, you, like, you oh, need, you need the me? look to exactly me. Yeah. Exactly. You need the look to feel like, not to feel like, but to understand that you, you are the girl in the room yeah. that is supposed yeah. to be there, you know? It's so so I love that drag. that's the approach. It's all drag. You're, we're all born naked and, and the rest is drag. Please don't sue me for using the word. <laughs> I, I grew up watching all the documentaries too, though. I love that. That's how you were mm-hmm. impacted and, yeah, I remember. I actually I saw Kareen's Kareen's documentary in theaters because I was like such a little stan. And then mm-hmm. a year later, and I then was there you are. So yeah, it was so crazy. It's wild. I love that stuff. And I I kind of love just to go a little bit further into that this tangent. Just with one more thing, I love that I keep meeting a lot of these people that sort of have the same energy in a sense. You know, like I meet you and all of our DMs and all of our conversations, and now this. I'm just kind of like, oh, like you get, you get it. You know, like you absolutely get where I'm coming from because you're coming from this similar space. And like, you know, I talk to people like, you know, CJR, like Christopher and like Chris is the same way, you know, like he, he grew up like looking at fashion, studying fashion, watching all these things, watching interviews. And now he's, he's the person being interviewed or like he's in these spaces, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, for me, I like to surround myself with, with that kind of people because there's always going to be like uh, a gratefulness or oh, and a sense of like humility to, yeah. to being in the space where you are, you know, where it's just kind of like, yes, I know my shit and I know that I deserve to be here, but you also will always recognize how, how insane it is that you just kind of, that you are here, you know? Yeah, totally. It is. Yeah. I think that's like a really important part of like what makes this industry so great. Cause there's so many things that people look at it as like, this vain, like stupid, wasteful thing. And it's like, yes, it can be all those things, but it can also be this incredible thing that like, you know, helps, you know, so many people feel like the best versions of themselves and feel so powerful or so inspired. And so like you, me, Christopher, like we all like saw something and said, that's what I want to do. How do I get there? And then we got there. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's actually like a, a crazy springboard for like millions and millions of people that just like, you know, it's like, I want to live my dream. How do I live my dream? I'm going to go live my dream. And I just think it's such a specific like pathway that fashion has that is, you know, unlike anything else that I, you know, you get to work with your heroes once you've like finally got your foot through the door. And it's just, it's a really wild environment to be in because you're just constantly like pinching yourself, but also being like, is this is this real like is this or am i just like you know is this is this necessary or am i like this is so necessary right like this is what i wanted the whole time exactly so to wrap this up a little bit i wanted to pick your brain on the current landscape of styling you know when it comes to full look policies that the girls love to talk about full looks when it comes to you know spawn con when it comes to how it's Mm -hmm. changed with social media tiktok again like you were just saying like the way you were you were raised in this space is almost like the, the sort of traditional way mm-hmm. a lot of stylists have come up, but so much has changed through TikTok. Yeah. Again, insert quote unquote, everyone thinks they're a stylist, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so like yeah. I'd love to chat a little bit about that. Cause I know you have things to say. Yeah, I definitely have things to say. And that that's not to say that I don't think anyone that came up a different way than I did should be considered less talented or respected. But yes, period. I do think that like there is a way of working with other people and just like a work ethic in general that can only be learned by like absorbing other people's knowledge and going through these trials and tribulations that like I think maybe mm-hmm. my generation of like fashion editors and stylists was kind of like the last edition of that because now all of our heroes are kind of getting too old to like be working anymore as much as they used to or be having the teams that they used to have and it's kind of like yeah you know these kids coming up now think you know i watched a met gala live stream so now i'm gonna go work at vogue and it's like you know sometimes it works out that way for some people and i think that's great for that person but i think you know you're not gonna have the all the tools and resources and like the mental like 
abilities to necessarily navigate everything the way you need to. I think it takes a lot of like hard, hard, hard work that people don't realize. And I hope that like the future can give some kind of leeway into that kind of work ethic that I'm used to, because I think mm-hmm. it is kind of turned into this like circus of like spawn con and huge brands who would say no to XYZ influencer a couple years ago now sending them whatever they want and yeah. getting to wear whatever they want just because they have X amount of followers is like kind of defeating the purpose of things sometimes or kind of defeating the purpose of like a legendary house that we would respect and look up to, you know? So I don't know. It's a tricky, it's a tricky field to navigate, but I do think like it has changed. I don't know if it's for the better. I think a lot of people, a lot more people than when I was growing up are interested in fashion and interested in styling. Like I get so many emails every single day for people to be like my assistant or my intern. And I've replied to a few and honestly, like almost nine times out of 10, anytime I've like given someone a shot, they just like do not get it and do not have the work ethic or do not understand like what it takes to like even just get to where I'm at. Like I've been doing this for almost nine years and just now I'm feeling like the fruits of my labor being like harnessed. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think we live in this age where everything is so instant and everything is like right now happening right now. It's like, see now by now, which I think is great in some aspects, but it's like, you know, there's, there's no time to incubate and like grow. Everything is so like, you know, you don't get to crawl, you just have to immediately start running. And so I think that's, you know, it is what it is. I just, I don't really know if it's sustainable. You know, I don't know what it's necessarily going to do to the industry as a whole, like, you know, these Mm -hmm. next few decades, but I hope it kind of levels itself out and like creates more versions of people that have something to say that's meaningful and not just like, you know, wearing the latest look just because they want to be popular. Yeah, I love that. And I love the point about time to incubate. And I think, <laughs> to quote Kim Kardashian, it's like, no one wants to work these days. <laughs> um, right. I mean, but... <laughs> that, that, you know what? And that was another <laughs> thing that was so polarizing to so many people. But I really agree with her about like in terms of just like the fashion industry mm-hmm. like so many people don't want to work these days they just want to get a photo of themselves in an outfit and like call it a day and be the first no role. absolutely that that last part i think so many people you know fashion is just such a specific fantasy in terms of and before we used to consume it through like very specific channels right but now you can consume it through social media so much and you can follow all the editors and see what they do and all the stylists and you know you you want to be that but again, like we all post the highlight reel, you know? So it's kind of like, I get a lot of the answer. People are like, hey, like I want to be a writer and do exactly what you do. Um, how? And I'm like, well, girl, I'm like, for starters, like I'm not, I'm not a full-time writer. I can't, you know, I can't afford to be a full-time writer. That's yeah. I have another job. So I'm like, so I write after hours, you know, I'm like, and as I was saying this the other day, I'm like, I'm super grateful of the space that I, that I carved out for myself, but it's been fucking hard. And at the end of the day, going to shows during Fashion Week has taught me that I don't need to be at a show, <laughs> you know? Exactly. I'm like, in some, exactly. some cases, I'm like, I... I, I don't want to go. Exactly. <laughs> and in some cases, I'm just kind of like, sure, going to the show is great to like get the ambience and like, you know, see whatever. I'm like, I'd rather do a preview with a designer for half an hour, see the looks, get the fantasy, understand what it's about, and then go home and write, than go to the show, you know, one, commute to the show, the show starts late everything's so fast, it ends. And then I'm like, what, what did I just look at? I'm like, I still have to go open Vogue Runway to like relook, you know, I'm like, so at the end of the day, it's my point with all of this is that I think people need to remember that it is less about the fantasy of going to the show, going to the dinner, going to the shoot, going to the whatever meeting set person, which all are really fun things to do that I'm grateful I do. But it's about the actual work, you know, and it's what whenever yeah. I, people tell me this, I always reply. I'm like, girl, you have to start pitching. I'm like, do you, do you have writing samples? I'm like, have you, you know, do you have got to email everybody? Exactly. I'm like, do you have things you find interesting that you want to that you've written about? Do you maybe start a newsletter to, to show that you have this skill or like polish the skill? you know, work this muscle up a little bit. And like, again, email people, every editor has their email under Twitter or 
you know, you can, you can kind of make it up at this point, you know, yeah, like yeah, first, first dot last at magazine.com, you know, yeah. try to figure yeah. it out. And I'm always like, you know, I, at the beginning, when I first started writing, I used to spend so much time pitching and very little time writing, you know, because I'm just, <laughs> just kind of like, I promise I have an idea and I promise it's a good idea, you know, and like at the beginning, you don't get it. You don't get the voice, the vision, maybe you don't have it yet. But the more you do it and the more you try it, you do get there eventually. And I think I people know, kind yeah. of like to maybe forget that portion of the process that is so important. For sure. You know, so where I'm like, do you want to be a writer? Great. Like, what what do you want to write about? Like, what do you like? You know, it's taken me a while to understand the things I want to write about. Yeah. The things I find interesting, you know? Totally. So I think that applies in general. You know, you have to give it time to incubate. Like, you have to give everything a little bit of time. Yeah. But I am hopeful that maybe our, our generation, as we sort of start leading the industry over time, we might bring back a kinder version of that initial environment that raised sure. a lot of people, right? We're just kind of like, no, I think you should be an assistant. You should be an intern. You should learn from someone before getting the job title, but yeah. your internship should be paid. <laughs> you know, you, you should be working in these, in, in this capacity or like you, you should work a specific amount of hours and not like, you yeah. know, you shouldn't be crying on the subway, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So like, Although it's I good. do think a I, little bit of crying is good for you. I think a little bit of crying, period. a little bit of, I mean, a lot of rejection happens. Yeah. It brings me, perspective I'm sure to everybody. Yeah, exactly. You need to be told, you need the door slam in your face a few times to understand that like, you are not a snowflake, you know, like you are mm -hmm. one of a million kids who want to be doing this and you need to figure out the reason why you are the one that needs to be chosen. So I do think I agree with you on all those points about being like totally like fairly compensated and like fair hours and all these things that are just like normal human rights that are, mm -hmm. you know, for so long were neglected. But I do think, you know, people need to be leveled out and like humbled sometimes being like, you know, absolutely. I hear you. I see you. I hear your passion, but like, you're not ready for this and you need a little bit more time to understand why you're not ready for this. And until then you just have to keep learning because that's the only yes. way you're going to get ready for this. Absolutely. No, I, I fully stand behind that. And that's again, like your point, your initial point about incubating, like you need to understand that if you're being told no, it's not because you're not valuable or because your ideas are not valuable. It's maybe because they're not fully cooked. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it took me a while to to be able to, you know, become or start becoming the writer I want to be or the person I want to be. And it's all been through just kind of like, you know, let me just keep trying and let me let me try to figure this out. And again, like I, to your earlier point about, you know, not everyone has to be brought up the same way to be to have a valid experience or to have a valid perspective. I didn't go to school for journalism. I've never stepped into like a magazine office in my life. <laughs> but that doesn't make me less valid as for sure as a writer. It's just a matter of like where do you get that education if you don't have it there? You know, I read yeah. I may, not as much anymore. But I used to read every single piece of fashion news, criticism, coverage. Anything that just came out, I would just consume it and be like, oh, okay, Rachel Tashin writes specifically like this. Steph Yodka writes like this. Nicole Phelps writes like, yeah. writes like this. Vanessa Friedman does this specific thing, you know? And then I'm like, how do I want to write? Like, what is my voice? And I think that's been really interesting to just kind of learn. Yeah, but even that process is just teaching yourself, you know what I mean? Like, I used to be the same way yeah, about exactly. um, fashion, fashion credits because I always like... I like finding the special little something that is only like, there's only one of, and it's like, so I used to go on the fashion spot for any editorial that I shout out to the fashion spot, shout out to the fucking fashion spot. The first ones to do it. Mm -hmm. Like y'all need to go to the fashion spot. If you don't already, please, it is the place to learn and mm -hmm. grow all of your like influences and reference and shout out to Tumblr. I would be nothing without Tumblr. I'm a Tumblr kid. I am a Tumblr kid. A hundred percent. So shout out to Tumblr. I'm a Tumblr girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I access my Tumblr every single day still and go through my archive. And if you've ever received a, look, uh, a mood board for me, 90% of those images are from my Tumblr. So mm -hmm. absolutely. Every Tumblr, time I post Tumblr something quote unquote vintage. Exactly. I mean, every time <laughs> I post like something, a, a vintage collection or a shoot or anything is from my Tumblr. <laughs> You know, exactly. I'm like, don't think that it's just like so randomly came in my mind. I'm like, it. I have an archive. Yeah. Oh, but to my point, though, is how you were saying is like, you teach yourself these things. And like, you know, I didn't mm -hmm. know how to say Loewe when I first started in fashion. Yeah. But it's like, 
Exactly. But it's like, I used to be obsessed with credits. And so I, I would see Loewe and I was like, low. And then I was like, no, Loewe. And it's like, you learn more about the brand that you're not maybe as mm-hmm. familiar with coming from a non-fashion background or all these other like little fashion houses or things that make things that are incredible that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. And you have to kind of be, you kind of have to be a nerd. You know what I mean? You kind of have to like, you have to be obsessed with it. And if you're not obsessed with it, then you're going to have this very service level understanding of it because it is like, to me at least, it is such a special like creative form of working that has so many different layers and so many different chambers that just go like unnoticed or unopened for years and years and years. And all of a sudden like, you know, resurge or like have another moment. You just have to be obsessed with it. And the self teaching with like Tumblr and all that at the fashion spot, I think is like half the battle of like absolutely even being recognized by these people that you're trying to pitch to or like mm-hmm. have understand what you mean. So yeah, I think, I mean, if there's, there's no advice section for this, but my biggest advice is just like, know your shit. Like, you know, there's been decades and many, 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 many people that have come before us that have done many, many, many more iconic things than we'll ever do. And it's important to know those people because they have laid the groundwork for all the things that we are going to do one day. So absolutely. Period. Final thing. What are you excited about? <sighs> what, what about fashion right now makes you excited, makes you look forward to whatever the future is? Maybe it's a designer. Maybe it's a pop star. Maybe it's your own work. Yeah. Maybe it's, <laughs> what is it? Or maybe it's nothing. Maybe you're not excited about anything. <laughs> I'm excited right now. I think my first thought when you said excited is I'm excited for vacation. I would love to take a vacation. Um, Period. You deserve but, it. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I think what Glenn is doing with my project is really exciting. And I think the whole the Jean-Paul Gaultier couture collection was incredible. And I think that's yes. like the type of energy and fashion that I grew up admiring so deeply. So I think like mm-hmm. he is like one of these future like change makers that's going to be with us for a long time. And I think that's really exciting to see him just continue to develop and experiment and be, you know, this beaming light of talent. Agreed. I'm excited for, I'm excited for Sintra. I'm excited for American fashion to be revitalized, not just by Sintra, but all these other designers creating things and making waves and trying to say something Hopefully they all get the opportunities they need to, you know, keep speaking louder and keep creating more and more things that are more inspiring because, you know, Hamlet Lane used to show his shows in New York because it was the spot to be. And, you know, it's not really that way at all anymore. So I'm really hoping, you know, that that kind of level of talent and creativity comes back to New York City. And I think it will. I agree. You know what? I'm excited about like these new musicians that are like, very fashion in their own ways like shy girl like i think like people Mm -hmm. like her that are like exploring so many different like niches that are in art and music and fashion and like also like being plus size and beautiful and just owning it like i think that's a very exciting thing that's happening right now that is like you know i wish i had someone like a shy girl growing up because like that is like it's just like you know it just goes to show like it really does not matter your size or you know if you think you look a certain way it's just like if you fucking like believe in yourself and you're fucking cool and have something to say like it's just you can do it yeah so i think like people like her are super super inspiring i love that i love this list and i i I (laughs) co-sign it all (laughs) (laughs) oh you know what i'm excited about this is i'll talk yeah what's up not not shit but that last burberry show was amazing and i hope ricardo keeps that energy because that was like yes i you know, he's someone who I also grew up kind of like admiring and then like being able to be in the same vicinity as him with Kareem and then seeing him go to Burberry and like take this new direction that I don't think is as mm-hmm. exciting. But um, that last show was super exciting. So I hope the Ricardo we all know and are obsessed with like makes a little bit of a resurgence. Fully agree. I, I love that show. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, I love that show. I was like, this is this is this is the sweet spot. I'm like, more of this. Yeah. So hopefully. Well, thank you so much for coming to the pod. You're thank such you. an easy person to talk to. And I was very excited <laughs> when you were down to do this. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for your time. I know you're a very busy girl. You have a lot of things to do. I just got to go watch Drag Race. Period. And may the best racer win. <laughs> <laughs> best drag queen win. Exactly. Thank you so much for your time again. And tell all the girls where they can find you. 
Oh my gosh, at Ronnie underscore heart on Instagram. And I don't have a Twitter because I'm sure I would get in trouble. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Love, an IG girl. So yeah, I mean, make sure to follow, like, et cetera, et cetera, and interact with our work. Make sure you support Ronnie's work always because it's sickening. And yeah, thank you so much. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And I'll talk to everyone soon. Mwah.